Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Samuels vs. Schlanger. I'm Leighton Samuels, I'm Leighton Schlanger, and oh boy, did we have some fantasy football this weekend. We, I mean, we have, <laughs> we have fantasy football every weekend, so I don't know. I mean, yes, we had some fantasy football. Are you, are you breaking my balls right now? Like, I'm supposed to be the one that breaks the balls, dude. Like, come on, let me do my job. <laughs> okay, fine. You do your job. We have a lot of fantasy football this weekend. We have fantasy football. If not, you see, now we're just repeating this thing. It's a, it's a worn out bit. We have a lot of football to talk about. I don't know why Samuels is over here wasting your time. We have a full weekend of games, plus we have the Monday night game to recap. But to start, uh, I'm actually going to give Leighton Samuels the mic here for a second. Thank you. Um, I really just wanted to start this off uh, because this was a weird, weird weekend for a couple of reasons. So you, <laughs> you might have gone into this extremely confident, and I'm talking both DFS and for regular fantasy. In guys you just really expected to perform. Jonathan Taylor going against the New York Jets. Like, duh, I just picked up Jeff Wilson off the waiver wire because of the injuries to Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman. But, like, I'm not going to start Jeff Wilson over Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor got you 13.2 fantasy points. Jeff Wilson got you 21.9. But that's fine. It's okay. I got Josh Jacobs on my team absolute stud, probably going to be one of the top five running backs this year, uh, and I just picked up James Robinson last week, I saw he did good this past week, but not as good as Josh Jacobs, and I got three stud wide receivers in a PPR format, so my flex is taken, I, I gotta have Josh Jacobs or James Robinson, James Robinson has this Thursday night game, I'm just not, I am not going to sit my stud Josh Jacobs, potential fantasy MVP for James Robinson. And yet, there you go. Josh Jacobs goes and gets you a whole 9.3 fantasy points while James Robinson goes off for 30.9. And the point we are making is this. You take this. So, fantasy football is a process over results game. It's a betting game. It's luck. Crazy things are going to happen every single week. You're going to have guys like Jeff Wilson and James Robinson outscore absolute fantasy studs like Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor. Doesn't mean you should have started Jeff Wilson or James Robinson over either of those two players. You made the right decision. A lot of Adam Thielen owners might have Justin Jefferson on their bench as kind of a injury investment in case... Thielen goes down. Justin Jefferson becomes an immediate superstar. So they're looking at 30.5 points on their bench and 12.3 and 12 from Adam Thielen, and they might have lost that game by 10, 15 points. That doesn't mean you made the wrong decision. It's just bad luck. Michael Gallup also goes off over C.D. Lamb when C.D. Lamb has been, has been stepping up. Like, and we're going to talk about both Justin Jefferson and Michael Gallup in a second. And for those of you who have been with us since episode one, you will know why. We'll save that for later, Schlanger. So the bottom line here, please do not beat yourself up. It's only week three. You can be 0-3 right now, and you still have a good shot at the playoffs. 
Injuries are affecting everyone. If you feel like I've lost Saquon, I've lost Michael Thomas for a few weeks, if you have both of those guys, that wouldn't make any sense anyway. But the point is, everyone's dealing with injuries. Everyone's dealing with bad luck. You just have to look to next week. We have a lot to recap from Sunday and Monday's games. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about uh, two of our early season, our preseason picks, rather, uh, me and me and Schlanger. I'm excited about that. So let's go ahead and get to it. Hit that drop, bro. This is the drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. Samuels versus Schlanger. Oh, this is going to be brutal. Ba-bang! So, if you go back to episode one, which I, please, I hope you do, it was, boy, was that an experiment in what this podcast was going to be. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I also think I sounded different then. I don't know. I haven't listened to it for a while, but I think my voice has changed since episode one. Uh, Actually, I haven't listened either, so I couldn't tell you. But yeah, 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 it probably has. So if you want a little entertaining walk down memory lane, check out episode one, because we talked Tom Brady, um, which we were actually kind of right down the middle on that. He is neither (laughs) blowing up the NFL, nor is he doing absolutely terribly. So, you know, that jury's still out. But... We did do some preseason sleeper picks. And Samuels over here, normally I do a segment of Samuels is wrong. I promise we will get back to that. I know, I, 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 you haven't let me do this for a whole week. I know, we'll get, we'll get it next week. Okay, as long as you promise. So Samuels picked Justin Jefferson as his guy. I picked Michael Gallup as my guy. Please talk to me about Justin Jefferson. So... The, the Minnesota Vikings are going to need a second pass catcher to step up on that offense. Their defense has been terrible. They, uh, at least going into this week, they were the worst defense, or at least one of the worst defenses, in defending against the run. So teams are just going to run all over them. They're going to score an insane number of points on the Minnesota Vikings. And what are they going to do? They're going to take Adam Thielen out of the game because he's their weapon. Where's someone going to get open? Over the middle. Who's that got to be? Justin Jefferson. And it happened. It happened in a big way. This kid scores you 30.5 points, as we just said. He was targeted a team high nine times. That is a 33% target share. And while I don't think every single game is 30.5 points... This is what was always going to happen. This is why I talked about him in the preseason. His talent is insane. And there was a void that needed to be filled in Minnesota. And this was before I didn't even think that Minnesota's defense was going to be this bad. But with Minnesota's defense this bad, like, this is why I thought Justin Jefferson wasn't going to pop until week six or week seven. It was going to take him a little extra time. But they need him now. And they're going to get the ball to him even more. Mike Zimmer said that they wanted to get the ball to him more uh, last week, and sure enough, they did. This is not just a one-week thing. I strongly recommend you pick up Justin Jefferson on waivers if he's available, because he will. he's going to be a wildly sought-after asset in waivers this week. Um, you want to, you, you had Michael Gallup as your, as your preseason guy. I did. And it took this long to finally get him on the board in this way. He is a deep threat 
and Dallas's defense has not proven that they can stop anyone. I mean, granted, they've had some tough competition, but and I mean, obviously, Seattle is is a is an offensive juggernaut mainly because Russell Wilson is having the greatest fantasy quarterback season of all time, and Josh Allen isn't very far behind them. That oh, Samuel's is wrong. Samuel's, I'll I'll get it to it later. But Samuel said sell high on Josh Allen, and Josh Allen is a stud. Getting back to Michael Gallup. Dallas is going to need to keep throwing the ball. And he's missed a couple of times on these deep balls. A couple of them were Dak's fault. One of them was a sketchy offensive pass interference call in the first game of the season. Michael Gallup is going to have that value moving forward. And I hope you bought him before this week um, because it's going to be harder. You don't, you're, you're not worried about CeeDee Lamb taking all of those targets? Ah, you know, CeeDee Lamb is going to do his thing, but they have different roles, and is, but, but how is there room for, for three different quarterbacks? Amari Cooper still led the team in targets on that, and actually Zeke did too. They, they both tied for 12 targets. Michael Gallup only had nine. That, that was a, uh, a 16% target share for Michael Gallup. That's not going to be sustainable. It doesn't have to be because of his deep threat ability. He is going to start catching more touchdown passes. Dak Prescott last year trusted him significantly in that area. Michael Gallup caught six touchdown passes from Dak Prescott last year, so this is just the beginning of that connection. You Amari Cooper caught eight touchdown passes from Dak last year. I'm still not sold that Michael Gallup is just all of a sudden the guy in Dallas. I'm not saying he's the guy. What I'm saying is you paid for Amari Cooper in probably the third or fourth round, and you got Michael Gallup in the eighth or ninth round. So what I am saying is he is an amazing... At that point, you're talking about flex options. I think he is solid as a wide receiver too moving forward. If you, well, he's not going to be on any waivers, so there aren't really transactional opportunities for you unless you're talking about like including him in some trade. But for those of you that have had him stuck on your team for the first two weeks, you should now be happy to have him on your team for the next, for the rest of the season. Moving on to other players of value for the rest of the season. My goodness, of course. As soon as I stop talking about Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, and I talk last uh, in the last episode about Joshua Kelly on the Chargers, it's Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler that go off, and Joshua Kelly gets you, I think, right around five points. So I hope you didn't start Joshua Kelly. I still hope you have him rostered, because I think he still has value season long. But... If you have Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, as I do in, for some reason, literally two-thirds of my leagues, I have both of them because they just kept dropping in drafts. Keenan Allen, this season with Justin Herbert, has a 35% target share. Austin Eckler in week three had a 22% target share. Like, you're talking about if you have these two guys, they are going to be over 50% of the Chargers offense, and that is insane, and I don't think that's going anywhere. Sure, Hunter Henry is going to steal some some end zone targets from Keenan Allen, as he already has done. Um, I think Joshua Kelly will get goal line carries from Austin Eckler, 
but we're not chasing touchdowns. This is a wide receiver and, and a running back where we are chasing opportunity and holy good mother of goodness, Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler are going to have an insane amount of volume this year. But you're trusting a rookie quarterback to continue carrying them to this elite offense? Justin Herbert has done absolutely nothing to make you doubt him. Yes, he's thrown a couple of bad interceptions, but that's what these young guys do, and boy is he slinging it, and when he is on, he is on. But, but you're also talking about that's against Carolina in Kansas City. Kansas City just made Lamar Jackson look foolish for 60 minutes on Monday Night Football. Kansas City's defense is not a weakness of theirs. And plus, this is the mistake that I made with Josh Allen. Like, you beat up on, on bad defenses because you're supposed to. That doesn't mean you're going to be bad against good defenses. Boy, was I wrong about Josh Allen. If you sold him, I, st I still don't think that's a bad move per se because I am always of the mind that you should sell quarterbacks for running back or wide receivers. But, God, at this point, Josh Allen is looking like the number two or potentially number one quarterback in fantasy. And I'm going to say it. I was wrong. You were wrong. That's right, baby. You were wrong, wrong, wrong. Do not let go of Josh Allen if you have him. That dude is a stud, and you were also wrong because Stefan Diggs is not slowing down. He is too slowing down. I mean, he had 14.9 fantasy points on Sunday. Like, th that, is, that is by definition him slowing down. Yeah, but that was against, that was against the best cornerback, uh, maybe the best cornerback duo in the country with the LA Rams, with Jalen Ramsey and that other guy who we don't talk a lot about defenses. I'm drawing a blank on who the other cornerback is. Troy Hill. Troy Hill, that guy, and he has been excellent this year. So it makes sense that Josh Allen was relying more on the guys over the middle this week. But Stefan Diggs still got six targets. Like, he is a, at this point, a guy who was a boom or bust in years past has become a consistent, high floor, extremely high ceiling option for you every single week. Well, unfortunately for last week's version of me, I cannot argue with that logic. We are going to take a quick break and do a live read for our episode sponsor, Whoop Whoop, um, before we get back to recapping the weekend. And we have this week, hey manly men, tired of your girlfriend yelling at you for leaving the toilet seat up? And women, Tired of worrying about whether that guy you so graciously let live with you is spreading their poop particles all over the bathroom every time they flush the toilet? From the company who brought you your refrigerator helper, we're here to bring you Toy Boy. That's right, Toy Boy. We'll provide you with your very own Toilet Boy who will live in your bathroom and put that seat cover down for you. Think of all the time you'll save by not taking the 0.72 seconds to put that seat down yourself. No more wrist cramps from that bad boy. The best part is, you can use the promo code SVS to get 20% off your first yearly subscription. Toy Boy, doing literally the bare minimum. Refrigerator Helper and Toy Boy both require three square meals a day. Please feed your helpers so they do not unionize, because if they do, we'll all be screwed. Don't blame us if your significant other falls in love with their new Toy Boy and leaves you for a superior partner. Refrigerator Helper and Toy Boy sold separately, batteries not included. Yep, you, you gotta trust a product with a disclaimer at the end in which you need to feed the product human food. 
I mean, they provide vital services, clearly. Um, so we thank our friends over at Refriger Helper and Toy Boy for sponsoring this episode. Moving on to more football. Have we settled it now? Settled what? 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 There's a lot that we have not settled between me and you, bro, so you better be more specific. Have we settled that Alan Lazard is the wide receiver you want in Green Bay, not named Devontae Adams? Honestly, bro, like, the guy does get you 26.4 fantasy points, which is great, but A, Devontae Adams is gone. Who knows what's going to happen once Devontae Adams is back, if Alan Lazard will have that value. Plus, he got a full third of those fantasy points on one throwing catch from Aaron Rodgers, that 72-yard play in which he did not get into the end zone. But that's the thing. If he got into the end zone there, then, I mean, you're talking about a 30-point game. And plus, big plays are big plays. They happen. Like, you can't, you can't, penalize him as a fantasy player for that yes but but the big play guy is mvs is marquez valdez scantling who also still got you four targets and aaron jones got four and robert tonian got five so aaron Rodgers is spreading the ball around without Devonte Adams there, and then Devonte Adams is going to come back. Devonte Adams is going to get a thirty percent target share, and Alan Lazard will go back to your bench. So, okay, Alan Lazard had a twenty-five percent target share this game, which you love, and Devonte Adams owners might want that insurance policy in the same way that we talked about. People might have Justin Jefferson on their on their teams with Thielen. Um, people might have Brandon Cooks on their teams who have Will Fuller. If you have Devontae Adams and you want the second wide receiver, if Devontae Adams' injury continues to bother him, I think you want Alan Lazard. And I think it's still two up in the air, and that Aaron Rodgers is going to choose a new guy, not named Devontae Adams, for each game that Devontae Adams is not involved. Agree to disagree. On the other side of the ball, in that same game, is there a single Saints player that you trust in fantasy, not named Drew Brees or Alvin Kamara? Oh, honestly, I mean, obviously, once once Michael Thomas comes back, I mean, yeah, 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 Michael Thomas. Uh, but Michael Thomas isn't back, and these pass catchers still continue to struggle. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders did well. He got you. 15.6 fantasy points. That's good. Like like but but New Orleans put up 30 points. Like you're expecting the number 1 wide receiver to put up more than 15 points when their team scores 30 of them. But instead, you have Alvin Kamara putting up god what 163 points in this game? Close. Close to 163 points. Alvin Kamara might very well be, and I know I've kind of said this about Josh Jacobs earlier and about some other players, um, and I'm still a firm believer that Zeke uh, has the highest floor out of any player moving forward, but Alvin Kamara is the most valuable non-quarterback player in fantasy football right now, and I don't think it's close. The Saints are using him like crazy, and especially for as long as Michael Thomas is out, Alvin Kamara is going to continue just 
insane. He will win you weeks by yourself. Speaking of winning weeks by themselves, how about that Colts defense putting up 27 points? Should I go to my waiver wire and immediately pick up the Colts defense and start them in every game? Thank you for setting me up with this. No, I think this is... I mean, the Colts have had a decent defense, and they've actually done pretty well fantasy-wise this season so far. They put up 15 points against Minnesota last week before the 26 points this week. Um, But this is not about the Indianapolis defense. I don't think you're, like, dropping the Baltimore defense to go run and try to get the Indianapolis defense. I don't think this is like the Jags of two years ago that— were just, my God, just fantasy studs every single week. This is 100% about the New York Jets offense and how absolutely terrible it is. And I've got a waiver wire um, option for you. I've got a, I've got an every single week waiver wire option for you. And this is the best kind. Grab the team that is playing against the Jets as your defense each week. I know for me personally, oh, you're going to talk about your own fantasy team. Yes, I am because it is relevant. I have the Arizona Cardinals defense, and while I might have been able to drop them and pick up a slightly better defense for this week and probably next week against Detroit and Carolina, Carolina isn't doing great. Detroit hadn't really shown that their offense could do much. Of course, Kenny Galladay coming back um, really gave them that boost. But my plan is to hold on to the Arizona defense because they play the New York Jets in Week 5. And I know if I put them back down on the wire, they will be snatched up either next week against the Panthers in preparation for the New York Jets or... They will certainly be picked up immediately to play those Jets in Week 5. I'm going to try to stream as many defenses against the Jets this year as possible, and I think you, our dear listeners, should do the same. And speaking of waiver wire options, I have a few will-they-won't-they options here, because, like... Some a, a few guys who had uh, great performances this week, but should you trust them going forward? We have the answers for you. You sound like a game show again. What what is up with this? I don't know. It's a thing I do sometimes. Come on, give me a break. I watched a lot of uh, Wheel of Fortune growing up at my grandma's house. You grew up with your grandma? No, I didn't. You hey, you know I didn't because you you know. I grew up with you, you dumb. Uh, so j- just the times at Grandma's house, I, I was watching Wheel of Fortune like once a year. Is that and that's why you do your? Shut up! Let me do my thing. So we've got three guys here. We got Greg Greg Ward. We have Michael Hardman, and we have Andy Isabella. All of these guys had good to decent performances, and uh, they're probably all sitting on your waiver wire. So. Should you pick them up? We're going to go through one at a time. Andy Isabella, he had four targets, four receptions, 47 yards, two touchdowns, this guy. That is a grand total of 20.7 points, all because of those touchdowns. Christian Kirk is probably going to be out next week. But the bottom line is, so, so, so you're saying Andy Isabella might have another week of some value? But the pass-catching options, 
ahead of him in that offense are just too numerous. I mean, Kenyon Drake slash Chase Edmonds is going to get theirs at running back, and DeAndre Hopkins and, and Larry Fitzgerald are going to be hogging all the wide receiver targets. So, Andy Isabella got some lucky touchdowns. If you played him in DFS because Christian Kirk was out, you are very happy about it. If Christian Kirk is out next week, maybe you take that chance again, but he is not worth picking up and stashing on your bench. Then we got Greg Ward for the Philadelphia Eagles, who they're still without Alshon Jeffrey. They're going to be, he's back in practice, but they're going to probably be without him for at least another week. They just lost Dallas Goddard for a few weeks. And boy, their defense is not holding anyone back. Not even the Cincinnati Bengals and their rookie quarterback. Their rookie quarterback is Joe Burrow. Like, the the Bengals have a decent offense. Yeah, but they don't know how to use Joe Mixon. If you are a Joe Mixon earner, uh, earner, owner, if you are a Joe Mixon owner, I am so sorry. If you can, you probably can't even sell him. I think the best thing you can do at this point is just keep him in your lineup and pray that Zach Taylor learns how to use Joe Mixon. Back to Greg uh, Ward, though. Greg Ward had 11 targets. He caught eight of them for 72 yards and a touchdown. So, yeah, you're talking about 21.2 fantasy points when Andy Isabella got you one point fewer. But it's the 11 targets that I'm looking at, bro. That is only a 23% target share, though, because because Carson Wentz had to throw the ball 47 times. Yes, but it's 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 the fact that that target share was split almost evenly between Zach Ertz and Greg Ward as far as pass catchers go, and then Miles Sanders was third on the team with eight. Like, I am more fine with a lower target share if if that target share is split up between only three or three players or, or, or two players because it means that that player is is still going to get a significant number of targets. I don't know if that makes any sense statistically. I don't think it does either, but you're not a math guy, so whatever. It's going with how you feel. And how I feel is the Eagles are going to need to throw. Greg Ward is the wide receiver that that Carson Wentz was going to when he was going to wide receivers. Like, out of wide receivers, he had a 50% target share. Literally 50% of the balls that went to wide receivers went to Greg Ward. Deshaun Jackson is also now dealing with an injury, so they are just they they need pass catchers, and Greg Ward will be that wide receiver. You pick up Greg Ward if he is on the waiver wire. Moving on to the third one, do you want to take Mikael Hardman? Sure, you've been talking a lot. I will take Mikael Hardman. He had a pretty darn good day. I mean, he had six targets, uh, caught four of them for 81 yards and a touchdown, so you're looking at 18.1 fantasy points on a Patrick Mahomes run team. Like, I know we talked about Mikko Hardman a lot in times, especially last year when Tyreek Hill was dealing with some of these injuries. And, you know, Mikko Hardman might just be popping uh, in this offense. And you want you want any part of this Kansas City offense that you can get. Like, they, they just rolled over the Baltimore Ravens, who are probably the best defense in the league. I mean, maybe not after looking at this and seeing what the Chargers were able to do the Chiefs last week. But 
I mean, I would not bet against the Baltimore defense, and this just proves how good the Kansas City Chiefs offense is. And Miko Hardman is going to continue to be a deep threat. Is he, though? Like, I think this is more along the lines of the Andy Isabellas of the waiver wire than the Greg Wards of the waiver wire. Miko Hardman still only had six targets. You know who else had at least six targets? Travis Kelsey with seven. Tyreek Hill had six. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had six. And Sammy Watkins had eight. I mean, there are a lot of mouths to feed in Kansas City, and I don't think they will be this worried about putting up that many points going into the future. Andy Reid's always going to be worried about putting up points. They will they will continue to put up points. Yeah, sure, but th- those points are going to be prioritized to Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire with Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins, who actually had probably the quietest day out of all of these guys, but led the team in targets. So definitely leaving Miko Hardman on the waiver wire, not touching him unless I have Tyreek Hill, in which case you, you, you're you just taking my little handcuff thing and running with it. Wide receivers have handcuffs too. And if you spent a second round or, or late first round pick on Tyreek Hill, I'd want to protect that investment too. I agree with um, Schlanger here. I can't believe I forgot your name. It's your name. Just say your name. I, I can't believe I agree with Schlanger. Miko Hardman, a great bench stash if you have Tyreek Hill. If not, maybe worth leaving on the wire. That is the time we had today, folks. We tried to hit as many of our waiver wire options as possible. This being a Tuesday podcast and you needing to pick your waiver uh, choices today. So, hope we helped you there. We're going to get into more analysis for our Friday podcast. Again, we are so thrilled to be a part of the We Know Fantasy team They will be releasing us on their platform. We will also continue to be releasing on our Spotify and Anchor platforms for those of you who have been listening. Thank you so much. Uh, Do you have anything left? Oh, so you can follow us on Twitter at at LTShlamuels. The spelling of that is just our two names mixed together. Um, You can also follow us on Instagram at at... Leighton Samuels official because he doesn't care about me on Instagram. You you don't like taking pictures. So, yes, you will never see a picture of me. That is true. Um, you can also follow We Know Fantasy on Twitter at We Know Fantasy. And I strongly suggest that because if you at them on Sunday mornings or Saturdays, they will absolutely give you fantasy advice. They are a bunch of smart people. Um, listen to them. That is all today. Thank you so much. We will talk to you on Friday. See y'all soon. Hey!